The Bible is a collection of books that teach us about who God is. In the Old Testament, you'll be able to read what God is like, how he thinks, how he acts, what he's able to do. It's all about who God is. And then in the New Testament, it continues to tell us who God is, but we see Jesus, who is God, and has come in bodily form. So we continue to just read who God is. And even Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He's saying, him and I are the same. And so when we read the Bible, the one thing we should learn above anything else is what is God like? Because this is his story. And if we really want to know what is God like, we need to get the truth from the word of God. Not from our own feelings, not from our own personal experiences, but from the word of God. If I was to ask people on the street today, stop them and say, what do you think God is like? I would get many different answers because everyone has different feelings about God. Everyone has had different experiences in life. I think even if we had to ask that question within this room, we may get a few different answers. So we cannot rely on our feelings and on our own personal experiences if we want to know the truth. We have to get the truth from the word of God. This is his story. If you want to know what he's like, read the Bible. And we are going to be spending the rest of our days on earth discovering who God is like. He's so vast, he's so majestic, he's so wonderful that we will never stop discovering who he is. And I really want to encourage you this morning, seek him. Find out who he is for the rest of your days and use the Bible to do it. It's really important that we have the correct view of God because your view of God will affect your actions here on earth. Let me say that again. Your view of God will affect your actions here on earth. So it's vital that we have the correct view of God. Let me share you a story of how one person's life was touched because other people on the opposite side of the world had the correct view of God. Listen to the story. It's a story of a girl called Panida. Panida was 14 when she was taken from her home in Thailand to Malaysia by a sex trafficker. She arrived in a city she had never seen before and was told that she had been sold. She was told that she had to use her body to pay off the debt that was owing to her sex traffickers. If she refused, she would be beaten and would not be allowed to eat. She was allowed to sleep between 5 a.m. and 3 p.m. in a locked and barred room with seven other slave girls and was forbidden from even putting her head out of the window. Helpless and terrified, she sat on her bed, waiting. Thousands of miles away, a group of lawyers and investigators had seen something of the character of God. They had read Amos in the Bible, and the Psalms, and Isaiah, and had encountered the God 
who champions the cause of orphans and widows and victims, taking seriously God's anger at injustice and the biblical commandments to set free the oppressed, they set up an organization that prosecuted child traffickers and freed sex slaves. The International Justice Mission was born. Penida never saw her first client. The night she was going to start, a raid was conducted with local police based on an undercover investigation done by this organization. She was set free without ever having to pay or prostitute herself. And 94 other girls were released in the same series of raids. 94 rape victims made in the image of God were set free because some lawyers that had never met, they had never met, read their Bibles and discovered something about the character of the living God. What we believe will affect our actions on earth. The fact that you are here this morning, sitting on a black chair in Lyft International Church, tells me that you have discovered something about God and it's caused you to be here this morning. It's affected your action this morning. You know that God loves his church. You know he loves his people. And you've understood that he loves it when we all get together and he wants us to do it regularly. That's what you've discovered about God. And that is why you're here today. Maybe you're here today because you have a need. And you know that possibly God can meet that need. Something you are, are discovering about God. What we know of him will affect our actions. On a Wednesday morning here in the coffee shop and on a Friday lunchtime, we have a group of about six or seven ladies that bake cakes and cook quiches and make bagels and cook soup every single week. And they run a coffee shop here um, at the church. And the reason they do it is because they have seen something about, of God that's affecting their actions. They understand that God loves the poor, he loves vulnerable children, and that God wants to come to their aid. And so every Wednesday and Friday, we have a coffee shop here, and these ladies do everything out of their own pocket. They do not get paid for any of that. And all proceeds go towards two organizations that help vulnerable children in the world. These ladies have caught a glimpse of what God is like, and it's affecting their actions on earth. These ladies could be out hiking in the Swiss Alps on a Wednesday morning. They could be going to a spa, having a massage. But they have chosen to be here every single Wednesday and Friday because they've caught a glimpse of who God is. When we understand and know the true God, it affects our actions on earth. What you believe of God will also affect your worship. This is so important. It will either draw you to him or it will cause you to draw away from him. So the person who has been taught that God is distant and that God is quick to punish, they will find it very hard to worship. 
why would you want to worship a God like that? But a person who has read Psalm 45 verse 8, which says, The Lord is gracious and compassionate. He is slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. Don't you want to worship that God? When I understand that that's who God is, I immediately enter in. I immediately lift up my hands and start to worship. We have to have a correct view of God if we are going to worship him correctly. And it's so important that you have a correct view of God. I want to encourage you to seek him with all of your heart for the rest of your life because there's a promise that those who seek him will find him. So today I want to remind you of two things that I know you already know. But as I remind you of these two things about God, I think, I'm praying, it will affect your actions on earth and it's going to affect your worship. So the first thing is this. Number one, God created all things that we see on earth. So simple. God created all things that we see on earth and all things that we can't see in the heavens. But God created. Our children are being taught that it was a gas explosion that happened that brought it about what we see. And that organisms have developed over generations to give us what we have now. That is what is taught. But the word of God, if we want the truth, starts off by saying, In the beginning, God created. And if you have been a Christian for a long time, you might say, of course he did. But say that outside there and see the reaction you get. Very few believe God created. They would much rather believe that it was a gas explosion than the fact that there is a God who created all things. It's a fundamental Christian belief found in Scripture that God created all things. From Genesis 1, you all know that, in the beginning, God created. He created the heavens and the earth. He created the oceans and the sky. He created the plants, the trees, the animals. And he said, it is good. And then he created humans. And he said, it is very good. But Genesis teaches us that God created all things. And then not only Genesis, the first book of the Bible, but if you go to the last book of the Bible in Revelation, I want to read you a verse from Revelation. This is how the Bible ends. Revelation 4 verse 11 says this. All the creatures in heaven, all the heavenly beings are singing what we're going to read right now. They are singing in heaven these words. And they are singing it over and over and over again as they look at God. And this is the words they are saying, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will, they were created and have their being. Genesis starts with it, Revelation ends with it. If you wanna know who God is, the first thing you have to know is God created. Everything we see in Switzerland and all its beauty, God created. And he also did it with such detail. 
he not only created all of those things I spoke about, but he created them with such intricate detail. I'm going to read you a couple of parts, a couple of verses. It's not on the screen. You're going to have to just listen. But it's found in Job um, 38. And I'm going to just pick out, because it's a long uh, chapter, but I'm just going to pick out certain things that God says in Job 38 to show you the detail that he's created. But you've got to know this. The first 35 chapters, Job and his friends are giving their ideas about God based on their feelings, based on their experience. The four of them are standing together and they are talking about what is God like? And they are giving all their own personal opinions based on their feelings and personal experiences. So this goes on for 35 chapters. And then in chapter 38, God stops them. He's had enough. They are saying things about him that are not true. He's watching, he's listening, and they're talking about him, and he's going, but I'm not like that. I'm not like that. And chapter 38, he stops them, and he speaks to them. He's had enough. This is how it starts, chapter 38. As I say, I'm just going to pick out some of them because it's too long to read all of them. God says, the Lord answered Job out of the heavens, and he said, Who is this that darkens my counsel with words without knowledge? Brace yourself like a man. I will question you, and you shall answer me. Were you ever at school and you got called to the principal's office? I get a feeling this is what's happening. These guys have been doing what they want, saying what they want, and God steps in and he says, I'm going to speak to you and you're going to answer me now. It's like being called to the principal's office. I actually get quite scared for these four men. And this is what God says. Where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me if you know. Who marked its dimensions? Surely you know. Who stretched a measuring line across it? Who shut up the sea behind doors when it burst forth from the womb? When I fixed limits for it and set its doors and bars in place? When I said, this far you may come and no further. Here is where your proud waves halt. God actually said to the boundaries of the sea, You can come up to here, but no further. Have you ever thought when you stood in the waves how all that water does not just flood onto the land? It should. That incredible vast expanse of water should just flood onto our land. But God says, I told the waves where to stop. I set boundaries and they will not cross it. That's the detail that God has gone to in his creation. Verse 12, have you ever given orders to the morning or shown the dawn its place? Verse 16, have you journeyed to the springs of the sea or walked in the recesses of the deep? Have you comprehended the vast expanses of the earth? Tell me if you know all of this. Verse 22, have you entered the storehouses of snow or seen the storehouses of the hail? Verse 34, Can you raise your voice to the clouds and cover yourself with a flood of water? Do you send the lightning bolts on their way and tell them where to go? Do they report to you and say, here we are? 
chapter 39, verse 1 says, Do you know when the mountain goats give birth? Do you watch when the doe bears, bears her fawn? Do you count the months till they bear? Do you know the time they give birth? They crouch down and bring forth their young. Their labor pains are ended. Their young thrive and grow strong in the wilds. They leave and do not return. Verse 19, do you give the horse its strength or close its neck with a flowing mane? Do you make him leap like a locust, striking terror with his proud snorting? Verse 26, does the hawk take flight by your wisdom and spread his wings towards the south? Does the eagle soar at your command and build his nest on high? And so we can go on and on. God is saying to these four men, I am the one who created. And I not only created, but I did it all in detail. And I know exactly how things should work. I love looking at different creatures that God has made. I think those people who study animals should be the biggest believers of all when they actually look at the detail of how these creatures have been made. Do you know that the bee has five eyes? A bee, a little bee, has five eyes. There are two eyes in the front of its head, and they show the bee the shapes and the colors. A bee needs to know shapes and colors of the different flowers. So those two eyes help him do that. But then there are three more eyes on the top of a bee's head. And those three eyes are necessary for navigation. So the bee can fly in the right direction and go in the right direction and find the right plants that he needs to go pollinate. Five eyes. The bee needs five eyes. A a gas explosion cannot do that. It needs someone who has put detail into creation. Do you know that a bee's wings flap 200 times per second. Isn't that incredible? 200 times per second. An amazing little creature. All of us here know that human fingerprints are very individual. No one has the same fingerprints. You've all heard that. You've all been taught that in the school. Your fingerprints that you have, no one else in the world. 7.9 billion people have not got your fingerprints. You all know that, right? But do you know giraffes are the same? The markings on a giraffe, no two giraffes are the same. Every giraffe has individual markings. The detail of the most incredible creator. These are only two creatures I've spoken about this morning. If we had to look at every creature on the face of this earth, you would find some unbelievable facts about them. One of my favorite things to do on Google, I just put in five interesting facts about the elephant, five interesting facts about whales. You must see what pops up. It's just like you just stand in awe and you lift your head and you go, God, only you could have done this. No gas explosion. Looking at creatures confirms my belief that God created. And then we can go on and look at humans, which God said, this is very good. 
Most of you know Psalm 139, where God says, I knit you together in your mother's womb. You are fearfully and you are wonderfully made. When your eye was forming in your mother's womb, one million nerve fibers have to connect correctly with one million fibers from your brain. They have to find each other and they have to connect correctly. If one of them corrects wrongly, your vision would be impaired. One million nerve fibers have to find the correct connection. Unbelievable the way we are formed. We are wonderfully and fearfully made. The incredible detail of that. I love watching how when bodies are broken, when bodies are sick, when something goes wrong, because we live in a world that is broken. We live in a world where there is still evidence of sin and things go wrong. Even though God created good and said it is all good, sin came in and now things go wrong. So you see brokenness all over. But I love watching how bodies reheal themselves and can readjust. And I really want my friend Marilei to come and tell you a little story of something that happened to her a little while ago as she's been going through her battle with cancer. Thanks, Marilei. Um, so I've been diagnosed with cancer and they had to do an operation two months ago to remove um, calcifications in my breast and then in also in my lymph. Um, normally the doctor says they remove 12 lymph nodes to test them all and to see whether there's still any cancer left in the cells. Um, but with me they've removed 37 because I'm very special. So, But because they've removed 37, the doctor did warn me that I might have um, edema in my arm. So my arm basically, the fluid doesn't drain back because they've removed your, your body is incredible because you've got lymph nodes under your arm and all the fluid, if you've got an um, injury in your finger, whatever, the blood goes there, but then your body um, drains it back to your lymph nodes. But most of my lymph nodes have been removed. So um, basically my arm then should be swelling up. And so it did. So a um, week, I think, after I've been discharged, I, um, my arm started swelling up. Um, but also because I'm very special, not my whole arm, just like Popeye, the bottom bit. So it was three meters in, in um, diameter bigger than my arm. So it was really frustrating. And I thought, oh my goodness, I'm going to have a Popeye arm forever. So I went to, um, to see the doctor a week later and he said, oh, you need physio quite urgently because they need to drain your lymph back to teach your body the lymph drainage back to your, um, the other lymph nodes. And then they took so long to give me the referral. I would have had fissure twice a, a week for that. But they took so long with the referral um, that actually my body started healing itself. So it found its own pathways back to the lymph nodes. So the swelling started going away. And by the time they gave me my, I went to the fissure, she said, what does the doctor want me to do with your arm? And I said, I need lymph drainage. And she said, your body has already drained um, the fluid. So my arm completely healed. I mean, obviously God healed it, but uh, it drained itself. So all the fluid went back. It created its own pathways to the correct lymph nodes. Um, and I've never had a swollen arm since. So yeah, it is amazing. It is. So amazing. Just love those stories of how of how God's created our bodies and when things go wrong, 
it has this amazing ability to find new pathways and reset itself, all because of the creator that's made us. All of this speaks of a creator who created with the finest and kindness, kindness of detail. Um, many of you know my son's a chiropractor, and I've often sat with all of his friends, and they would talk, and they would tell me what they've learned and the things that they've studied about the body and how incredible the body is. I mean, these chiropractors are always saying, the body's so amazing. Did you know this and did you know that? And I said to at least five of them when I was there the other time, I said, you guys, you chiropractors should be the biggest believers of all. How can you study the human body and not give glory to a creator? It's like the more we study, the more we find out, we go, oh my word, this is amazing. We have a God who created. But not only did he create, and this is the best part of the whole morning, people. The other part was just little bits. This is amazing. Not only did God create everything we see and everything we can't see, he is holding it all together. He is sustaining all things as we sit here. He is keeping it going. If, it was, if he wasn't keeping it going, it would all fall apart. I'm going to read you two scriptures. One is found in Isaiah 40, verse 26. It says this, Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name. There are 200 billion trillion stars in the universe. He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. God is holding and sustaining it all together. Colossians 1 verse 16 says this, For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. The last four words all things hold together. He is holding it all together. He is sustaining all of these things that he created. I want to give you an example of something that has been sustained, something that has been held together. Kima, won't you come up here? Kima is able to produce a pleasant singing note. I'm not. That's why I'm asking Kima to come do this. Kima is able to produce a pleasant singing note. And I'm going to ask her to produce it. She's going to create it, but she's also going to sustain it. She's going to keep it going. We won't take bets to see how long she can keep it going for. But Kima, give us your best. Give us your longest. Love it. <laughs> when Kima decided it should stop, it stopped. 
The sound only existed because it's got a connection to Kima. It had no power of its own. It was Kima who was sustaining it and keeping it going. And the minute she stopped, it stopped. The universe exists only because it has a connection with its creator. It has no power of its own. God is sustaining it. And I love listening to the, it, it, made, it makes me imagine God just sustaining this thing, holding it all together. If he decided today, I'm not going to hold it together. I'm going to stop sustaining it. This is what would happen. 200 billion trillion stars would fall out of the sky and obliterate us completely. The sun would fall out of the sky. The moon would fall out of the sky. The ocean would not obey its boundaries and would flood the land completely. Our oxygen levels in this earth, above this earth, are held in a very fine balance. And if that was to be tilted just slightly, we would stop breathing because there would be no oxygen. The fact that we are breathing today is because God is sustaining. God is holding it all together. Our breath comes from him. I love the fact that people who don't believe in God, people who say they're atheists, that there are no God, I just love the fact that the very breath they are using to deny the existence of God is the breath that God has given them. Isn't that amazing? I just smile to myself inside. They're breathing because God says they can be breathing. He's holding this all together. So to close, knowing these two things, God created in detail and he is holding it all together. How does it affect our actions and our worship? This will mean many different things to all of you. you if we had time and had to say, Ken, how does it affect your actions in worship? Ken would come up with something different to what Sky would say. But I want to just tell you how it affects my actions, and then I'm hoping it will prompt you to go home and think, how does this affect me, my worship and my actions? When I know that God has created all things, that he's got the ability to create what I see out there, that he's got all that power to create, and then I see the brokenness in the world around me. I, had a, I have a friend right now whose baby needs an operation because the child has three holes in its heart. Brokenness in the world. I have another very good friend who is slowly going blind. Brokenness in the world. I have two very good friends who are coming, one is coming out of cancer, the other is going into cancer. Brokenness in the world. Many of you would know other people with brokenness. When I see the brokenness, but when I know that my God has created all of this, I also know that he's got the power to recreate. And that's why I believe in healing. I really believe in healing. That God can restore what is broken. 
that when he says to us, lay your hands on the sick and they will be healed, it's because he's saying to me, I created in the first, I can recreate now, I can do it again. I can make whole what has been broken. I have that power. And so I believe in healing. I love praying for people who are sick and I'm saying, Lord, use me more and more because I understand who you are and I want that to affect my actions on earth. And I want the brokenness around me to be restored because of who you are, Lord. He has all power. I want to tell you a lovely story. Um, in our church back in South Africa, we did a lot of work within the townships, which are areas where very poor people live. And we met this one lady, she was in her late 80s, and she wasn't able, she was very poor. And we said to her, why don't you go get the grant from the government that the government says you can get? She said, I've never been able to get the grant because I don't have an ID book, an identification book. And we went, why don't you have an ID book? Everybody's got an ID book. She said, when I went to go get it, they wanted my fingerprints so that they could take my fingerprints. And I'm so old that my fingerprints have, uh, what's the word? They've worn down. And so when I put my finger down, there's nothing that comes out. It's just flat because my fingerprints are so worn. So she said, I can't get an ID book and therefore I can't get the grant. So this poor woman is just stuck. A group of Christians who believe that God is the creator of all things and can recreate and has a heart and a compassion for the poor, they prayed for her and they prayed for her fingerprints and they said, go back and do it again and ask them to give you your ID book. And she went back and her fingerprints were there. They had been restored. She got her identification book. She's now on a grant. She's able to feed her family. Christians who believe that God could reached out and touched this lady and her life has been restored. A correct view of God will affect your actions here on earth. When I see the detail in creation, like the little bee and the giraffe, when I realize that God has created in detail, I know God knows the details of my life. I love Tammy's word for some of you this morning. If you're going through a tough time, he wants you to know how much he loves you. God knows. He sees. He's not just the creator of the universe. He's involved in the detail of our lives. And so nothing is too small for you to bring. He knows all things. He knows the detail, which gives me incredible peace. And then knowing God that God created and sustains all things, it makes me want to worship. Seriously, when you think about the fact that God is holding this together and we have breath because he says we can have breath, doesn't that want, make you want to worship? I just go, Lord, you are so vast, so immense, so incredible, and yet you are able to be in the detail of my life. And when I realize that, my hands go up and I worship and so that is what I had for you this morning. I just want to encourage you, seek God. I have told you two things. We will go on discovering God for the rest of our lives. He is magnificent. He is wonderful. He is worth discovering. Seek him. Seek truth found in this book. Because God loves revealing himself to people.